Hey, Cornerstone family, Pastor John, John here from City Life Church. And man, what an honor it is to take these next few moments to share the word of the Lord with you. And uh, before I jump into the word, though, I have to shout out Pastor Terry, who is an incredible man of God. And Pastor Terry, thank you so much for being you. Thank you for being the awesome man of God that you are, an elder in our city, a general here in the kingdom of God. And uh, thank you for all the, the, the years of service to our city and our community without you. We couldn't be pastoring the way we do today, and we honor you and Cheryl and Cornerstone Church family. Thank you for being such a blessing to, to us. In case we haven't met, I'm Pastor John John again, married to my beautiful thing, Elena, and God's blessed us with four kids, two girls, two boys, and uh, we've been pastoring here in San Francisco for the last 10 years, and not too long ago, I was talking to my girls, and I said, girls, you're so beautiful. Where do you get your, your cuteness from? And they said, dad, of course, we get it from mom. And I said, all right, but then where do you get your, your smarts from? And they said, dad, of course we get it from mom. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, so what is it you get from your dad? And they said, we get your money. <laughs> and that's how our family rolls and uh, our daughters are just a blessing to us. And uh, when we planted 10 years ago, they were just tiny little kids and now our girls in, are in college and uh, our boys are uh, in high school and involved in sports and so busy. And we're just, we're thrilled and honored to be a part of what God's doing here in San Francisco. We sure love Cornerstone Church, and uh, we love your pastors. And uh, again, what an honor it is to be a part of this service right here. My hope and prayer today would be that you'd be blessed and encouraged from wherever you're watching, from the comfort of your home, uh, from your backyard, or wherever you'd be tuning in from. I uh, pray that you'd be blessed by this message. And I love the, the theme of the, the preaching series that you've been exploring these last few weeks, maybe last few months, the different speakers that have come through and spoken on the theme of abide or abiding. And of course, we find this, the passage in John chapter 15, where Jesus is chatting with his disciples and he begins this, this analogy and talking about connection, talking about being together. And he uses the analogy of, of a vineyard, vine and branches. In John chapter 15, verse five, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. And he's talking about this, this partnership of what it is to connect to one another, but to remain connected to one another. That word there in the Greek is mano, the word abide. And it means to, to remain. It, remain, it means to, to stay, to await. And uh, I don't know about you, waiting isn't the most fun experience in life, but Jesus was inviting his disciples to linger, to wait, to remain, and to, to, to linger with him. The thought here would be, you know, as you're rolling with Jesus, he's like, man, don't just, just tag along for a few moments. Let's do this, this journey of life together. And as you remain in me, as you abide in my presence and in my life, my words, uh, my spirit abides in you, you're going to produce great fruit. You're going to see great results. And uh, we live in a day and age where so many people are so frustrated because they don't have a sense of meaning, a sense of purpose. And in many ways, it feels like they're chasing the wind. But Jesus is saying, like, if you just roll with me, if you just allow me to remain in you as you remain in me, you're going to experience a fulfilled life, a full life, a life more abundantly, right? So today's sermon, the, the subtitle under this theme of abiding would be this, Rhythms of Grace, Rhythms of Grace. And what I mean with that is I believe that Jesus wants us to experience true rest. When it comes to life, life is so busy and hectic and there's so much different things going on. But when we lean into him and we abide in him, that's when we're refreshed. That's when we're renewed. That's when we're strengthened and we catch our pace, perhaps our, our second wind. Amen. 
And I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And uh, in the message version, Jesus says it like this. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? He says, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love that version right there. And another translation would say, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Lean into me. Jesus is saying, I'll do the heavy lifting. And you know what? In life, life is busy. Uh, it's chaotic in so many different ways. And man, with the world just kind of coming to a screeching halt just a few years ago with a global pandemic, we were reminded of the, the, true, the, the true things that really matter in life, right? And, uh, and then all of a sudden we realized, man, we were so busy and we still are busy in so many different ways. And the pressures of life in the world can be overwhelming. But Jesus is saying, if you abide in me and I abide in you, if you remain in me and my word remains in you, you'll get this and you'll be able to navigate with grace. Lean into me is what he's saying and you'll find peace and strength. And I don't know about you, but the people back then, 2000 years ago, they were exhausted. Many that were following Jesus, they were so frustrated with the political scene in those days, the Roman empire that had come, up, had come in and taken over and they're having to pay taxes to in every direction, if you will. And they're just feeling so overwhelmed and oppressed. And um, I would think that 2000 years later, life is even more complicated, perhaps. People are exhausted. People are drained of virtue. People are overwhelmed, depressed, discouraged. And uh, if there's ever been a time for us to lean into Jesus and to find the rhythms of grace, it most definitely would be now, right? And uh, when I think of resting, different personalities, we find rest in different kinds of ways. I'm a, I'm a kind of guy that likes to pursue goals and get things done, and sometimes it's a little, it's a little challenging for me to slow down and just to wait on the Lord. <laughs> and oftentimes when God is communicating with me and talking to me, it's almost like, on your marks. Get ready, John, John, come on, get ready, get set and wait some more. <laughs> so waiting sometimes isn't the most exciting uh, experience in life. But nevertheless, there's something about being in the timing of God and being in sync with Jesus and being in that place where you're truly abiding with him. <sighs> that's when we can exhale. That's when we can truly rest. And that's what I want to explore a little bit with you and I today. And hopefully through these next few moments, I can Share a few thoughts that will encourage you, maybe remind you of things that you've already learned in times past, or perhaps maybe be, be even awakened to some new thoughts that you haven't considered yet. But when it comes to the concept of even resting, I'll, I'll define that a little bit more, but the word rest in the Bible is actually mentioned more than 275 times. So whenever a theme or a word or a concept is referred to in scripture that many times, there's probably some significance and importance there, right? And when I think of even God himself, God, the omnipotent God, the omniscient God, the God who has all power, all knowledge, who is everywhere, all at the same time. It says in Genesis chapter two, check this out, verses one through three, listen to what God did. Again, he's been creating the universe, creating the worlds around us. And it says this, Genesis two, verses one through three. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and he declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his creation. 
uh, from all the work of his creation. Imagine this, again, a God who is omnipotent. He's got all power. He's not even limited to this physical dimension. He is spirit. God himself chose to rest and to enjoy the fruit of his labor. Now, did God actually need to rest? I like to make the argument that he didn't need to rest, but he wanted to rest because in the idea of resting, we find that there's a place of slowing down, enjoying what we see and experience, and God wanted to enjoy what he had just created. So it's not that he needed any kind of physical rest or mental rest or emotional rest. He wanted to enjoy life, if you will. And in doing so, he obviously was setting an example for all of mankind. If God himself, who doesn't need rest, chose to rest, imagine those of us who need to experience a reboot every 24 hours. We go to sleep and our physical bodies are recharged, they're reset so that we can continue to live this life. If God himself modeled it, I think it's important for all of us, right? Then a few thousand years later, we find passage uh, where God then instructs uh, Moses, the leader of God's people, and he says, listen, I've got all these guidelines, all these rules. There's some, some commandments here for you. One of these important commandments is this. You need to honor the Sabbath. You need to take the seventh day of every week, and you need to just chill, and you need to slow down. Don't work. Don't do any heavy lifting. Just slow down and enjoy life. God knew that mankind left to ourselves we're self-destructive beings. And left to ourselves, we, we don't know how to find the rhythms of grace, the rhythms that keep us balanced. And he says, I'm going to make it a mandate, a commandment. All of my people, you're going to take the seventh day and you're, you're going to just rest and relax. It's an important principle for all of us. Think of it like this. Again, some of us, man, we are go-getters. We like to work many hours during the week. And, and if we don't allow our bodies physically to get some rest, we become unhealthy. And there's sicknesses and infirmities and different things. Mentally, man, our, our minds can start tripping. Emotionally, we become overwhelmed. But God created this rhythm of work and rest. And I think the church and people in general all around us in this day and age, we need to relearn the art of resting. I think of Jesus in the New Testament who the Bible only records about three years of his actual ministry time, right? And he was, he was a driven individual. He was here on mission. He was here to birth something called the church. The Bible says that he came to seek and save the lost. And in many different passages, it talks about Jesus moved with compassion. He would go and he would lay hands on the sick, those that were oppressed by demonic spirits. And he would, he, he would set people free. He would heal them and he would care for all of them. In different stories, we see Jesus not only teaching through parables, but then he would also feed the multitudes all along. He's training these disciples. And uh, one day at a time, he's just intentionally, methodically, just instructing them in the ways of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was on a mission and he had, he had work to, to do. But his example, you find that he would model what it was to find these moments where he would slip away to rest, slip away to go and pray, Prayer for Jesus wasn't work. Sometimes prayer for us can be a bit laborious. Maybe even it feels like work. But Jesus learned what it was to lean in. He knew what it was to lean into the Father and to have that koinonia fellowship with God. How to just ah, exhale and rest and that he would get his batteries recharged. I think of Luke chapter 5, 
verses 15 and 16, it says this, despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster and the vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus, watch this, he says, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. <laughs> Imagine this, he's, he's given of, his, of, of everything within him to, to care for the people, to love on folks, and so many people had needs and he loved them. He loved the people, he still loves people and he's got compassion for them. He's also training his disciples. And you've got Peter who one day is really radical for the things of God. He's got great faith and declares who Jesus is. You are the Mashika. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then moments later, Jesus is having to rebuke him like, Peter, man, get behind me, Satan. Rebuking that thought and the influence of making those declarations that were not consistent with the will or the heart of God. And you got Peter that Jesus is dealing with and mentoring, discipling. You've got James and John, you know, they walk into one place and they're frustrated with ministry. The people aren't responding the way they thought they should. And like they turn to Jesus. Hey, master. Hey, teacher. Should we call down fire from heaven? <laughs> and he's like, brothers, man, this is not the mission. And then you got Thomas. Thomas, man, Thomas always questioned. I'm sure he's always doubting, always second guessing every move, perhaps that Jesus was making. We got Judas in the mix. Always looking for a way to kind of like benefit his own pocket, so to speak. And Ju Judas, we know the story of Judas. Here's Jesus. If you're around this kind of crew on a daily basis, 24-7, you would want to break as well. And it says in Luke alone, many different times in the Gospel of Luke, that Jesus would withdraw and he would go into a place where he could just hang with God and he could rest. Get away from the noise. Get away from the distractions. If Jesus believed in these moments, I think... I think we should, should embrace these moments in our own lives, finding those places where we can have our batteries recharged. Amen? Have you noticed that through scriptures, Jesus, he never ran anywhere. If you read through the gospels, you'll never find a verse where he ran to the next destination. It never seems as though he's in a rush. If anything, we're familiar with the passage of Mary and Martha where their brother Lazarus, he was dying and the word goes out to Jesus and he doesn't seem to be in a rush to get back to Bethany, to the town where they were living in, to, to heal Lazarus. And when he came, it seemed as though it was, it was too late and people were overwhelmed and says that Jesus wept. But yet we know the story. Jesus would call Lazarus out of that cave and he would come out alive and resurrected. How many of you know that God's ways are higher than our ways? Isaiah says that God's thoughts, God's speaking through the prophet, God is saying, my thoughts, they're higher than your thoughts. My ways, higher than your ways. But the Bible doesn't explain why his timing is different than our timing. Have you noticed that? God's timing is always perfect, but rarely do we fully understand it. God is seldom early, but he's never late. But in this journey of faith that we're invited to be a part of, Jesus invites us to wait on him, to abide in him, to remain in him. Waiting is not easy and many times it's not fun. But Jesus modeled what it was to wait on the Father, to remain in the Father, to find those moments of rest and those moments of peace. I want to share with you um, a few thoughts on how to, how to recharge our batter batteries. You know, we have spiritual batteries, we have emotional batteries, and even our physical batteries. You know, the body obviously needs some good rest, we need some good sleep, we need to uh, eat uh, good and healthy foods, and we need to exercise. So we understand the concept because we have the visual uh, of even watching ourselves in the mirror, like, mm, I need some more sleep. 
Spiritually, you can read the Word of God and faith can be in, instilled in, in your heart. And as you read the Bible, as you, as you maybe listen to some great teachings and, and, and preaching and maybe some great worship and you're engaged in worshiping and praying to God, your spiritual batteries are being renewed and recharged and you're being strengthened in your inner man. But then there's also the emotional batteries. And I sense and I feel from just seeing people for a few years already in life and ministry, that this is perhaps the area that many of us overlook, how to get our emotional batteries recharged. Again, Jesus, he modeled it to the disciples, but he models it to us. Sometimes we need to learn some principles that he modeled and apply it, not sometimes, all the time, so that we can too be in those rhythms of grace with God. Let me give you five thoughts, five keys of learning how to rest and how to rest effectively. First thought would be this. Number one, tune out the noise. Psalms chapter 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I'm God. God is just giving this instruction. says, chill out, relax, be still. I've got this. Know that I'm God. And he would go on to say, I will be exalted in all the nations. Don't worry about the pressures of life. Don't be, don't, don't be overwhelmed by all the pressures that we experience. I've got this. Learn how to be still. Sometimes we need to tune out the noise, not just of the external but the noise is on the inside of us. You know, you can actually get away from the crowds and get away from the busyness of life and work and society and culture. And here in San Francisco, the craziness of our, our city, just there's so much that goes on. We can get away from that, but yet internally, our minds and our hearts can still be overwhelmed. And uh, so Jesus would model, even in, in Matthew chapter four, if you're familiar with the passage, the previous chapter, Matthew three, Jesus has just been water baptized and there's this voice from heaven. This is my son that I love and in him I'm well pleased. But then you go into uh, chapter four of the gospel of Matthew and it says that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tested. And for 40 days he fasted. And at the end, the devil would come to, to test Jesus, to tempt Jesus. But you know what he was modeling? That getting away into the wilderness was actually restful and it was solitude. See, solitude means a, an engagement with something or someone. It wasn't that he was just abstaining from life and eating food and the pleasures of day-to-day -day life. He was actually going into the wilderness to focus and to lean into God and to remain, to abide in the presence of the Father. So much so that though physically he may have been tired, maybe hungry, most definitely hungry, when the enemy came, he was actually strong in spirit. He was strong in his emotions and he was ready to pass the tests, if you will, that the devil would have brought his way. It's, it's an example to us where uh, solitude is not meant for us to just get away and to escape because they're not the, the, the same thing. Es escapism is not the same as solitude and a, and a dedication unto the Lord. Solitude is engagement while, while as... Uh, 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 isolation, it's escapism. Many people, we want to escape from our troubles. We want to escape from, from just the, the pains of life. Maybe people are in a difficult relationship and we have to escape into a virtual world or to uh, become intoxicated by different things or whatever. People oftentimes try to escape reality because of pain and confusion and pressure. But that's not what it means to experience solitude. Jesus modeled what it was to get away from the pressures, but to devote himself to the Father, and that recharged his batteries. So keys for resting, number one, is learn how to tune out the noise, both external 
and internal. Number two, honor the Sabbath. Now, in our culture, man, I remember back in the day when most businesses were closed, definitely on Sunday, and many of them were closed on Saturdays. You know, the postmaster, you know, the post office, the postman wouldn't come and deliver mail on Saturday or Sunday. But we live in a round-the-clock kind of society where Amazon delivery boxes are coming to our front door at 9 o'clock at night on a Sunday. And people are working like 24-7, it feels like. The world doesn't seem to slow down. And yet, for us Christians and for people and for humanity, God created us with this reset rhythm. We sleep at night. Some of us might sleep during the day and work at night, but we sleep for a few hours, right? And then we, we should take some time to just slow down and to allow our minds and our hearts to reset. And we should honor the Sabbath. Exodus 28 to, 20, verse 8 to be exact, it says, remember or honor the Sabbath. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. God instructed the Israelites, God instructed his servant Moses, like honor the Sabbath, keep it holy, dedicated and, and designated for a day of rest as unto the Lord. The word Sabbath, it comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to stop, to slow down, to, to cease, cease working. And uh, that's where we get the term that you might hear from time to time, different people saying, I'm on a sabbatical. I'm taking a season to just kind of slow down, just to rest and reset. It's about reflection. It's about rest. It's about enjoying life. When I think of that passage uh, in Genesis chapter 2 and, and even chapter 1, it says that God was creating different things. He created the, the stars and everything around us. There were three things in the process of creation that, that God blessed. It says that when he created the animal kingdom, he blessed it. He loved it. He blessed it. When he created man in his image, he blessed mankind. And then it says that on the Sabbath day, God rest, he rested and he blessed the Sabbath. Why would God bless that? When you think of the animal kingdom, he blessed it and, and they were fruitful and they multiplied. Humanity, he blessed humanity. They were fruitful and they multiplied. And what he's saying here, what he's telling us is he blesses the Sabbath so that there can be some fruitfulness and multiplication that comes from that moment of rest. I think if there's an area that many of us believers need to really, really consider is, Lord, would you help me find a moment, a Sabbath rest moment, whether it's an entire day or even a few hours during the week that are consistent where I just designate those moments. It could be maybe a half a day. So it should be at least a few hours, I would imagine, where you can just kind of completely disconnect, maybe tune out the devices, the cell phones and everything else. Just ah, rest, rest in the Lord. So the second thought then would be honor the Sabbath. The third thought in learning how to find rest is know your recharge stations. Now, when I say recharge stations, I mentioned a few moments ago that we have different batteries that need to be recharged, our spiritual batteries, again, our physical batteries, and our emotional batteries. About a year and a half ago, um, I made the huge transition of going to an electric car. <laughs> and uh, I wish I could take credit to say I was very prophetic, knowing that the gas prices were going to go crazy, but it wasn't prophetic inside. It was just the mercy of God. And I found myself driving an electric car and driving here in the city, we don't drive a whole ton, so it's easy to charge at night and come back at night and recharge and we're good. But I remember driving to Sacramento and all of a sudden I drive there and I start coming back and it be, the, the panel begins to tell me I need to find a recharge station because I don't have enough juice or enough battery power to make it back to this city. So I'm now looking on the map trying to find my recharge station 
And, and the Lord kind of spoke to me through that example that there are many people that they're just going, going, going. They love God, but they don't know how to recharge their batteries. It doesn't happen by accident. There needs to be intentionality. So my encouragement to all of us would be learn how to be intentional and strategic in planning how to find those moments, those opportunities where, we're, where we are recharged both spiritually and emotionally. 3 John 1, 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Here the Apostle John is talking to his friend Gaius, who was a, a leader in the church, and he's like, man, I hear that you're crushing it. You're doing so many great things. And he says, I pray that you're prospering in all things, all of your ministries, everything that you're doing in life, and that your soul is prospering. Speaking of the inner man, speaking of those emotions that are healthy. You know, people can become overwhelmed quite easily in, in the day and age that we live in with all the pressures and everything that goes on around us. Our hearts can become troubled, and the, and the Word of God instructs us, don't allow your hearts to become troubled. Learn what it is to find health and peace in the Lord. And that encouragement to us, and my advice to you, and my encouragement to you, my brother and my sister, would be, what are those moments, what are those opportunities in your life that charge your batteries? <laughs> For me, I can think of a lot of things that drain my batteries, situations, uh, painful experiences. Certain people, they're like vampires. They just suck the life out of us, right? And we need the, the grace of the Lord to recharge us. So what are the things that we build into our schedules, into our routines that kind of ah, bring uh, air back into our lungs, bring life back into us, recharging our emotions? So my encouragement would be recognize those things that drain you and be intentional about those things that recharge you. Plan. Plan in advance. Life doesn't happen by just accident. We got to be intentional. So plan in advance for those moments, whether it's little vacation moments, a Sabbath during the week, a, a fun hobby that recharges you, whatever it is that, that builds you up. Learn to recognize those moments and prioritize those. Finally, number four would be uh, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Philippians chapter four, verses 10 through 13, Paul would write and he's telling his friends at the church in Philippi and he says, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know that you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Paul recognized those rhythms. He, he had abundance and he had seasons of just not a whole lot. And he learned the art of being content in every situation, in every circumstance. So when it comes to uh, life, just keep it simple. Don't focus on the complexities of life. Enjoy the moment that we're in. How do we rest? Keep it simple. Finally, number five, slow down. <laughs> My parents, when I was growing up, they would often tell me, John, John, you got to slow down. Again, I'm a driven person. I like to see things done. I like to see things accomplished. Isaiah 40, 31, the Lord would speak to the prophet. says, but those, those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like the eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait on the Lord, the art of just ah, slowing down and trusting him. How do we rest? How do we renew our spirit? How do we renew our soul? We got to slow down and just wait on the Lord. As Jesus was saying, remain in me. 
remain in me, abide in me, allow me to do the heavy lifting. Jesus is telling his disciples, you got to slow down. We're on a mission here. We're going to get things done, but you can't go at that pace all the time. Lean into me. Follow my rhythms. Follow the rhythms of grace. Allow me to lead you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Throw your cares upon me because I care about you. I'm going to do the heavy lifting is what he's saying. Enjoy the simple things of life. In a rushed society, in a culture that is so busy around us, I think one of the great tragedies is that we are too busy sometimes and we overlook the simple, beautiful things of life. Life is precious. And God reminds us to slow down and enjoy the moment. Each season is precious unto him. Living on the edge, I like to say, is fun, but it's just not sustainable. We like to live on the edge, but we need to find those moments where we can come back, throttle back just a little bit and rest in him. Plan to live a life that is consistent with the heartbeat of Jesus. We should just submit ourselves and ask the Holy Spirit, God, am I, am I going at the right pace? Am I being obedient to your word and to your will? Am I trying to get ahead of you right now or am I lagging way too far behind? Lord, I just want to be with you. I want to abide with you. Plan and prepare to take it slowly would be my advice and my, my encouragement to you. Jesus was never rushed, so why should we be rushed? Amen, somebody? Life is a marathon, but it goes by very fast. I think that the key to abiding in Jesus and enjoying these unforced rhythms of life is to just pause and to choose to abide to choose with intentionality to just lean into him and not just try to figure it out on our own. My brother and my sister today, once again, I want to remind you, Jesus is the one that is building our lives. He invites us to lean into him. I want to remind you that Jesus, he is the architect. He is the one that is building our lives. The Bible says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And he who began the good work in our life, he's faithful to complete it. My hope and my encouragement to you today would be that we can kind of slow down a little bit, do a little self-assessment, say, Lord, where am I at? Lord, I don't want to get all worked up about all the crazy things that are way beyond my control. I want to trust you. I want to lean into you. I want to abide in you. And I want to experience the rhythms of grace that you offer. Can I pray for you right now? God, I thank you so much for even this opportunity and this reminder, God, that you care deeply about us. You know our story. You know our names. You know the, the trajectory that you've prepared us to walk uh, in and the path that we're called to walk on. And God, I pray even today, Lord, for your grace to find each one that would be listening or watching to this message right now. I pray that you would come and that you would encourage each one, that we would sense the peace of God in our hearts. God, you're God of fresh starts and new beginnings. Lord, you who began a good work, you are faithful to complete it. God, we say, complete that work in our lives. God, I pray that we'd find that place of rest in you, that we would be a people of peace and not turmoil. God, I think that you've called us to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Lord, we surrender our lives fully to you. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Cornerstone family, we love you. God bless you. My life is 
was just thinking about the first part of that song. I'm caught in the rhythms of grace. They overcome all of my ways, realigning each step every day. Oh God, that's what we want. We want the Lord to help us, to meet us with his grace every day so that we are aligning ourselves with his will and purpose. You know, my prayer for you is that you would be blessed, strengthened, and kept. I, I want that for you. I want that for me. So may the Lord's love fill your life. May it overflow you. May you also experience the song of the Lord over you, the rhythms of grace, every step of the way. May they be yours. In Jesus' name.